Welcome back to another episode of The Silent Battle. I hope everyone is having a great week so far. I'm really excited for this segment today. Again, I'm your host, Erica Honeycutt, and today I would like to introduce Joseph Thompson. Joseph is from Elmwood, Tennessee. However, he resides in Carthage, Tennessee. He was diagnosed with disquamative interstitial pneumonia, which is a form of interstitial lung disease. Later, he was re-diagnosed with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, IPF. As Joseph's disease progressed, he ended up needing a double lung transplant. So on November the 19th of this year, he received two new lungs from a selfless donor. And he is here today to share his story and give us an update on how he's doing. Let's get started. Welcome, Joseph. Thank you for being part of the Silent Battle Podcast today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Can you again tell us the name of your disease? that you were diagnosed with, and share your story with us regarding when this disease showed up in your life. Um, yeah, I was diagnosed with a domestic interstitial pneumonia in her uh, December of 2020 mm-hmm. after a lung biopsy, which as you, st- as you stated, you know, my diagnosis has changed. It changed over the next two years um, to familiar lung disease, which is like a pregenetic disposition. Mm-hmm because it runs in my family. So then they said maybe connective tissue disorder to finally just before the transplant, they just said IPF, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. What symptoms did you have in the beginning before you were diagnosed with the, um, your lung disease? I started noticing severe fatigue, mm-hmm. shortness of breath, and I, I was having constant sinus infections with a bad post-nasal drip. Oh. But, one, but one of the main symptoms in which really got the ball rolling on, you know, that it was my lungs, was mm-hmm. clubbing of the fingers. My primary care physician had pointed it out to me. Mm-hmm. And my fingers was, was really swollen and clubbed really bad. Wow. And that's when I got, you know, sent to a pulmonologist and everything got started with the lungs. Was this all back in 2020? Yes. Um, she noticed my fingers probably late 2020 because mm-hmm. I had seen a lot of doctors before before I had found out about the, you know, the clubbing of the fingers. Mm-hmm. And I was told asthma, bronchitis. You know, I went through a lot. Yeah. A lot of diagnosis before I got to the to the interstitial lung disease. Yeah. But once they found the clubbing in the fingers, that's what really got everything started, got the ball rolling. Yeah. And for me, that's when I really, I really kind of knew something was wrong then. Mm-hmm. Did you, when, what was the turning point during your disease that led to being listed for a lung transplant? Well, last year in November of 2022, I got the flu. Mm-hmm. I spent a week in the hospital, and when I got out of the hospital, that was the first time that I was on oxygen. And then in March of this year, 2023, mm-hmm. I spent another week in the hospital with pneumonia, oh, wow. and I was I was on about four liters of oxygen, and my lungs never really did recover mm-hmm. from the pneumonia. And, you know, like I had a lot of discussions with the doctors and I seen a lot of doctors after that. And I finally got into the transplant part of it 
And after discussing with Dr. Trinidad over this, mm-hmm. it was decided that they're just, you know, if I got sick again, there wasn't enough reserve left in my lungs mm-hmm. to survive another illness or to be, or, you know, I would be too sick for a transplant if I did get sick again. Right. So, you know, that was when we had to make the decision on the transplant. Yeah. How long were you on the list? Wow, not long. I got the call on Wednesday, November the 15th, that I was listed, that they was putting me on the list. Yeah. And I got my I got my official letter on Saturday, the 18th, and I got the call that they had lungs on the 19th. That's amazing. Wow. Which which was a big surprise because I was told it may take a few months to match. Yeah. Because because I have O negative blood. Mhm. And I have a certain a certain protein to an anti I may be wrong on this, but I had a certain protein to an antibody in my blood too. Yeah. That had to match. So they had told me, you know, to expect three, four months maybe mm-hmm. before getting a match, but it was really all in three or four days. Yeah. That's amazing. I know when so, I, I was going through the uh, transplant process at Vanderbilt, it was literally like maybe it, it didn't take long at all like like you it was like a day or two and they had me lungs it was it was it was wild it is amazing how, how fast that it, that it really happens yeah i mean they told me that they you know that normally four to six weeks was was about what you know the average of waiting for lungs was yeah wow. which i think i think vanderbilt and, it's probably one of the fastest places in the country to get lungs. Yeah, I believe so. I think you're right about that. Um, well, now that you have received your transplant, how do you feel? I feel great. It's, you know, it's, it's a different feeling to be able to breathe, taking a deep breath of air. Yes. Which, you know, I'm sure as you know, breathing shallow for so long. Yes. It's, it's, it's different to take in that deep deep breath air it's it's like learning to breathe again absolutely you don't realize how I guess how you how shallow you are breathing like how much how much you've how much you've missed out on actually normal breathing like you know after breathing so incorrectly for so long it's it's weird when you first try to try to breathe again after the transplant yeah, like when you take in that deep breath, it's like muscles in your chest you haven't used before. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's like all, it's, 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 it's weird. It's a weird feeling learning how to breathe again. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. And you, how many liters were you on of O2 before your transplant? Um, I was on two to three liters resting. Mm-hmm. And I was on like four to five liters when I was moving on exertion. Um, that's, that's about it. I mean, cause I wasn't on oxygen that long before the transplant. Yeah. Really are, just November of last year I was on, on oxygen. Are you still on oxygen now since you had the transplant? Uh, no, I left, I left the hospital without oxygen. When I woke up from the transplant, I was, I was on oxygen for one or two days. Uh-huh. And then I come off oxygen and I haven't. I haven't been on it since. That's wonderful. I was hoping you'd say no, so <laughs> that's great. 
Um, what challenges have you faced physically and mentally since having the transplanted lungs? Physically, it's getting my body stronger. Yeah. Because I lost around 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I'm slowly trying to get back, you know, to where I was. Um, mentally, for me, it's, you know, which I have a lot of anxiety. Yeah, I do too. It, it, it's, it's trying to stay positive because everything is going well. Yeah. You know, you know, having those thoughts that it could all change is, as you know, there's, there's a lot, a lot of do's and don'ts to the transplant. It, you know, it's life changing in many ways. Right. So, so staying positive about everything that is going well, you know. Yeah. And don't let those negative thoughts creep in. Yes. Yeah. I understand that. And positivity is 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 a is a powerful thing. Most definitely, yeah, it definitely. Um, like I said, I'm truly, I'm a true believer that your attitude goes a long way. Um, a positive attitude, um, you know, it's everything, especially when you're facing something like a lung transplant or something that's so drastic and and life changing. You have to keep a a good attitude, you know. Yeah, being positive and, ha- and having a lot of support around you and yes, and you know people that care about you, it, it really it, it really helps. Yeah, absolutely. And although lung transplant is very exciting because you get a second chance at life, um, it's also very scary because it's a major surgery and it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to go through. Um, can you elaborate more on that? Yeah, it it, it is. It, it's, it's a big big surgery. And for me, I was, I was scared and excited all at the same time. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I was scared for what could happen, but I was excited for what could happen. I don't, if, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, it, it's a big decision. It, it becomes a big part of your life. It's, it's life changing. I mean. Yeah. It definitely is, and you have to be fully committed to the decision of you know the decision that you make the decision to get the transplant it's not something that you you take lightly you know yeah you have to be committed it's 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 for life you know the me- the medications yes it's it's everything's for life it's it's life changing your life is forever changed right it's it's no going back you know after you make the decision to get the new lungs it's you know it's a, like i said it's a huge commitment to do everything that you're supposed to do to try to maintain the new lungs and make them work for you. And and for me, you know, it's like you're also doing it for for the donor too, you know. Yeah. Like for me, I want to do the best that I can after the surgery just because I did get this second chance. So, yeah. I'm glad you said that. That's such a that's such a good point. Um, you know, you want to make your your donor proud that you you know they gave you this precious gift so you definitely want to do everything you can to to take care of it for them you know yeah you know like exercise as the ride I mean I'm trying to do to do everything that they're telling me to do so yeah absolutely what do you think is most important for our listeners to know that are battling uh, interstitial lung disease and contemplating a lung transplant for me, the most important things are trying to stay as healthy as possible pre-transplant. Yes. You know, 
walking, if you can only, you know, whatever you can walk, walk, uh, eat right, listening to the doctors, get all the information. Yes. Be as as informed as you can so you can make an informed decision that's right for you. Yeah. Because I understand, you know, I understand. I understand, you know, lung transplant might not be for everybody, so. Right. But getting all the information, staying healthy, pre-transplant, that's what helped me a whole lot. Absolutely, because, you know, and I'm glad you said that because that's so important also because you don't want to get to a point where you're too sick to undergo the surgery if that's what you choose that you want to do. Um, So definitely staying healthy and active as much as possible is um, very important um, if, if you are wanting to go the, um, the lung transplant route. And see, that made my decision kind of hard at the time. It made it hard for me to realize that I needed the transplant. Mm-hmm. Because pre-transplant, I was still walking. I was, you know, doing all I could do. And, and I guess in my mind, I felt strong. Mm-hmm. So, so I had to come to the realization that, you know, I really do need the the transplant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not an easy decision, it, especially. I know that we had talked before the interview, and you know, we're both in our thirties, and yes. just to be young like that and having to make such a a life changing decision. It's not easy. It's very hard um, because you don't think that you're, you know, being in your 30s that you're ever going to be at this point in your life where you're making this type of decision, you know? Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, it was a hard decision for me to make just being so young and and in my mind, I was like, well, do I really need this? Do Do I really want to do it now? Right. Because I'm still walking and... You know, it was just, it it was hard to come to the realization that that I was to that point. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to believe, you don't want to believe that that you're that sick. I I mean, that's how I felt at the time anyway. I didn't want to believe that I was so sick that I could potentially die. And, you know, because I was so young, you know, I'm so young, I I just didn't want to believe that I was that sick. But, you know, you do have to... um, you know, listen to what your doctors say and look at the numbers and, you know, you know, that's how yeah. I made the decision, you know. The, the breathing test, when they show you the numbers on the breathing test, that's when it really starts to set in, you know, that, right. that you know, hey, something's wrong, you know, something's got to change. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, too, like we were talking about earlier, you never know when you could be fine one day, but then the next day you know, a chunk of your lung function can just go away. That's that's the scary part of this disease that, you know, you never know when you're just going to decline, like, super fast and and not have time to, to really um, think about what's best for you or, you know, to think about your decision. So it's kind of like when you still can think about your decision and, um, you know, you should take that time because you just never know like when you're gonna when that's gonna be ripped away from you yeah like mine happened all really fast like we said you know within a year it was everything went really really fast to me yeah so it all happened within a year and 
I think that made the decision for me possibly a little bit easier to make. Yeah. Just because just because I, I realized how far how far I could fall that quick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to go down that fast, so And that's another, that's another thing I would stress to people, you know, is listen to your body. If you, if you feel something wrong, please get it looked at. Yes. Especially younger people, because when you're young, you kind of think you're invincible. And it's like, you start, you know, you don't really take the time to go to the doctor and check things out. And, you know, you just never know what horrible thing could be brewing inside of your body, not to scare you. Um, but you just, it's, it's always good that you take the time to, to check things out when things don't feel right. Yes. Well, Joseph, do you have anything else you want to share or add to today's segment? The only other thing that I would add is I would encourage people to, to, you know, sign up for research studies, to participate in research and, and things like that to try to advance the medical field for, you know, maybe one day the transplant would be obsolete. That, yeah. That we wouldn't even need the trans, or, you know, even make transplant medications or things like that better, better drugs for rejection and I totally just to help the, the medical science, you know. Yeah, I totally agree with that, uh, 100%. Well, I, again, Joseph, I appreciate you so much for coming on here today um, to share your story and give us an update on how you're doing. I was really excited when I talked to you and you told me that you'd be willing to do the, the podcast with me today. Um, so And it's just been great talking with you and just connecting with you. Yes, it's just been great connecting with you, which I know we've talked a lot on Facebook. And, yeah. And the support, that's another thing I'd like to add. People, you know, find a group. Yeah. If you have interstitial lung disease, it's it's great support, great information. It is. And I mean, and it's nice to, um, you know, be around others who are going through the same thing you're going through and talking to them um, because it, it makes you not feel like you're alone in, in the whole, in everything going on, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, I know that this interview really educated and helped a lot of listeners out there. And remember, if you out there have any questions or comments, please email me at thesilentbattle2022 at gmail.com. And always remember, life is tough, but so are you. Everyone have a great rest of the day. Thanks again, Joseph. Thank you.